Hey everybody, today, well, or technically the day you'll be watching this, I'm recording this the day before Election Day, but the day that this episode will air, and hopefully you'll be watching this, is Election Day. So before we officially start, I would just like to remind everyone to be sure to vote for pro-life candidates in the midterms. It's very important, of the utmost importance, to defend the lives of the unborn, and the best way to do that, at least right now, is to elect pro-life legislators to fight our battles in Congress. Or legislators. Not legislatures. Those are two different words. Anyway. With that said, get your I Voted stickers, and let's get into into today's episode. This topic has been on my mind a lot lately, so I felt pretty compelled to make another episode on it. Yes, I'm talking about abortion. Again, today we're just going to take some time to cover some of those popular pro-choice arguments, and I'm going to do my best to absolutely destroy them. Speaking of destruction, before I destroy these arguments, I'm going to destroy another left-wing meme. So, as our left-wing meme review, I'm just going to pull one up real quick. I can find something, maybe? Something like a nice... Let's see. Oh, okay, here we go. So, uh, again, midterm elections. Stacey Abrams. No, I guess to be fair, it's not really midterm elections. Is it? No, because she's a governor. I may be wrong. If I'm wrong, correct me. Like, I'm sorry. But, anyway, so Stacey Abrams. No, no, I'm pretty sure this has something to do with um, that she's going to, she has something going for her in the midterm elections. Like, she's trying to do something in the midterm elections believe so. Anyway, so Stacey Abrams works tirelessly to defeat Republicans and give Democrats majority in the Senate. Gets nominated for Nobel Peace Prize. I don't get it. Like, I don't really understand. I'm. Let me explain to you. Basically, it's just like, it's her, and then it's the text. So it's like the Drake meme. But instead of Drake, it's just her, so she's making, like, a weird face, and she's making a happy face. So the first Xbox is, works tirelessly to defeat Republicans and give Democrats majority in the Senate. The next one is, gets nominated for Nobel Peace Prize. But that's not how the meme works, unless they were trying to do that. I don't know. <sighs> I, don't, I don't know. People on the left don't meme well, usually. Like, that's a thing. That's a thing that has been, like, said multiple times. By lots of different people. And I know they're all, con- like, conservatives that say that, but still, like, bruh. That's, I don't know, man. Why, why can't they meme? These, it doesn't even make sense. It, it doesn't make any sense at all. I don't get it. I can't even... I didn't know she had nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. I don't think she really deserves that since she was saying we should murder children to fix the economy. I don't know if that's really Nobel Prize worthy, but, you know, whatever. (sighs) Everything's going to crap these days, these people. Which is why we really, really need to vote pro-life in these upcoming midterms. Anyway, uh, I think I've done enough destroying of that meme... There isn't really much there to destroy. I don't know if she's really how tirelessly she's really working. 
she's just kind of there and being annoying and like I don't know she's saying that heartbeats don't exist ultrasound machines are fake I don't get it man I don't I don't know oh wait this is oh there's another one hold on I ain't okay so this is Abram saying I ain't even stole the election yet and people be congratulating me like crazy then Barack next to her is saying Barack Obama next to her saying it's because they think you're pregnant <laughs> oh that's me dang She's fat, but, like, wow, that's just, that was just cruel. (laughs) Anyway, that has been enough memes for now. Though you can never really have enough memes, but for the moment, we should probably get into the actual episode. So, let's get started with our first pro-choice argument. Okay, first argument. Everyone's favorite, my body, my choice. First off, you do have the right to do whatever you want with your body. I mean, within legal limits, of course. I mean, I'm not going to say anything. If you want to get a tattoo at some, like, shady illegal place, you could get fined for it, I guess. Or something. I don't even know how that works. I'm not going to look into it or try. But basically, you can put pretty much anything you want in your body. Like... And that's your choice, but you can't do it to someone else's body. The baby isn't your body. It has different DNA. It just happens to be inside your body. To say that the baby is your body would imply that the pregnant woman magically gains two extra arms, two extra legs, an extra heart, and if the baby is a boy, they get a sausage. That's just wrong. Why would you even say that? I mean, okay, that's a little bit of mocking of the position, but, like, this position is a very mockable one because you can say my body, my choice for anything else, just not abortion because we don't... Like, it's so annoying when every single person at these pro-abortion marches is holding up signs about their uterus. I don't care about your uterus, man. I don't. I don't care about your uterus at all, actually. Like, we only care that you're killing an unborn baby. That's it. Like, we really... Your uterus really not part of the equation that much. Yours just happens to be where the baby is. But it's a different human with different DNA... It's not part of your own body, and you can't kill it. And then the next thing everyone says is like, Oh, but TLC, well, I mean, if it's another thing, another creature with different DNA inside her body, then it's a parasite, right? You can kill parasites, can't you? Yes, you can kill parasites. There are uh, two points on this. Let me see. Two or three points. Eh, I'll say that as it goes. I kind of mixed the last point into, into one point together. Basically... Main thing is, it's a human being, so, I mean, like, are you really going to call another human a parasite? Two, it's your child. Are you going to call your own child a parasite? That's pretty messed up. Okay, so yeah, so that was the one that was a little, I could mix it up, but I'm going to make it to two different points. And then the third point is that a parasite is, by definition, 
an organism that feeds off of another organism at the expense of the host organism. I don't think the mothers are being killed off by their child. Like, that's not the general case. Therefore, you can't call the fetus a parasite. The fetus is partaking in nutrients from the mother, but it's not draining anything from the mother. It's like the difference between a baby and a... It's the difference between a baby and a leech. The baby is taking energy from your body, but it's not draining anything from you, per se. Like, unless you count randomly wanting to eat, I don't know, like, pancakes, get a random craving for pancakes as something that's draining from you, it's ruining your diet because now you get random cravings for, like, ice cream or something. (laughs) I've always thought that was funny that they get, like, women get random cravings for things when they get pregnant. It's weird. I don't know. Anyway, that's besides the point. The idea is the baby is not a parasite and the baby is not part of your body. Therefore, you have no right to kill the baby. And also, it's your own child. So even if your own child was taking something from you, I think as a parent, you should be willing to give your child whatever they need, even if it did end up hurting you. The second argument is that the fetus isn't alive, it's just a clump of cells. Now, being a clump of cells doesn't make you a non-living organism. We're all clumps of cells, and you're much clumpier than a preborn baby. Embryology, the study of embryos and fetuses, or more specifically the study of human life from conception to birth, states that a new individual human being is created from the moment of conception, and this fact is agreed on by practically every scientist that studies this, even those at Princeton University, which is by no means conservative. Life is scientifically determined by the seven characteristics of life, which are growth and development, Reproductive capability, or the potential to do so. Heredity of traits, homeostasis, which are stable inner conditions, metabolism, cellular structure and composition, and response to the environment. Babies born in the womb have these from the moment they are conceived. So, really, you can't deny that they are alive. To do so would be to deny science. So, if you're pro-abortion, then you guys are the real science deniers. (laughs) I'm just kidding, but, like, yeah, that's the idea. Embryology is a studied science, and just because you happen to be made of cells does not make you non-living. Our third argument, what about rape and incest? Rape and incest are both horrible crimes, of course, but only 1% of abortions happen due to rape, and only 0.5% of abortions happen because of incest. Plus, if you ask pro-choicers whether or not they would be okay with making abortion legal in all cases except rape and incest, chances are they'll say no. So there's no point in bringing it up, it's just a logical fallacy. Furthermore, killing the baby for the sins of the father is ridiculous. The mother can just put the baby up for adoption if she really doesn't want the baby. Like, also, the baby can, when the baby is born, you can use the baby's DNA to help identify the the rapist. It's like, it's a whole thing. And everyone's like, oh, well, you're going to force a woman to raise her rapist baby. Yeah, well, it's also her baby. The baby may be the son of the rapist, but it's also the son of the woman who was raped. 
So you're we're asking you to raise your own child, technically speaking. I know it sounds kind of harsh. I know it's not something that people like to talk about, but like those kinds of things happen. We have to work to make sure that those things happen as little as possible. But there's no way to guarantee that they never happen. And then to say that because something bad happened to you, even if that thing that happened to you was really bad, it doesn't give you the right to kill someone who is innocent to the crime. Like, if someone attacked me and I decided to shoot my sister, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I just because someone, like, punched me or assaulted me or something, it doesn't give me the right to kill someone who had nothing to do with this, wasn't aware of this happening, and didn't want it to happen. That's the extent of my argument for that one. It's just like, just because something bad happened to you, it doesn't give you the right to kill someone else. You should obviously stand with the woman and help her, the woman who was raped, but we should not be encouraging her to just kill her child and then move on. Like, how is that going to help her? Post-abortive trauma is another very real trauma. So you're not only going to make this woman uh, who has now the trauma from being raped, now she's going to have the trauma from being the murderer of her own child. And possibly even unwillingly, because a lot of women are very much pressured into abortions. I believe it's around 70% feel pressured to do so. So that's a little bit of an issue there. Anyway, moving on to the next argument. Women can't be mothers and have a successful career. That's the, f that's the fourth argument. And now, I know it's never said like that, but that's what they mean. Because they're saying, oh, well, that baby's going to ruin their career. Having a baby's going to ruin your chances of becoming a CEO. Having a child is going to ruin your chances of getting a job. Anyway, as a good friend of mine once said in response to this argument, it's BS. Total BS. What, you guys don't think that women are capable of juggling a child and a job? What are you, underestimating women? They probably won't like that very much. If women really can't do both, adoption is always an option. However, real pro-lifers always want to support the mother and father present of the child and the child even after they've already been born. We're not just pro-birth. Pregnancy centers offer care, supplies, and assistance long after the baby has left the womb. And then on top of all this, why do people act like having a 9-to-5 desk job is so much more fulfilling than raising a child? Like, raising a child sounds a lot more fun and interesting and adventurous than going to a cubicle punching in numbers for eight hours and then going to your one back to your one room apartment to cry yourself to sleep at night like a no no diss on office workers but like that sounds like if you like the life of an office worker with nothing else happening sounds so boring and dull then the other thing is they're always like oh well i want to have time to travel Okay, cool. You're going to spend your life traveling? Great. Have fun with that. You're gonna, And then when you're done traveling, what are you going to do? Once you've traveled to every tourist destination and posted on your Instagram story about every single drink you've had 
at this fancy Parisian restaurant. Like, what what are you going to do with your life after that? When you're 40 years old and alone because you didn't marry anyone and you have no kids, you're going to just continue your 9-to-5 desk job? It's ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. How is that life of just self-indulgence and then going back to work as, like, a robot? How is that more fulfilling than raising a child, forming another human being, and raising them to be something successful in society, and watching them grow and develop and teaching them and giving out your knowledge and passing to the next generation. Like, that's so much more fulfilling, so much more exciting, all of the different things that could happen. You never know what's going to happen with a newborn kid. They're all crazy. Like, there's so much more fun. Why would you give that up to go work? Like, I don't know what's wrong with people these days. Our next argument for the day is the violinist argument. Basically, um, it's one of those weird, like, moral dilemma things, but it's really dumb. Uh, basically, you have to, uh, what's the word? Like, so you're in a car with a famous violinist for some reason, and you crash, and then you end up in the hospital, but when you wake up, you're, like, wire tube to them. And the people in the hospital were like, yeah, sorry, we had to, like, manually wire you to the violinist so that the violinist could survive. And if you unplug the wires, they'll die. But you're like, no, I want my bodily autonomy. I mean, there's, I don't, I just don't understand this, a lot of things about this argument because it's really dumb. Okay, anyway, but that's the basic premise. You're in a car crash with a famous violinist. You wake up in the hospital. You're now uh, wire tubed to them in the hospital. If you get up and cut the wires, they will die. What do you do? I mean, it sucks to be in that situation, but it also isn't really that much like pregnancy, so I really don't know why they're making this as an analogy. Pregnancy is... One only nine months maximum could be eight or seven sometimes. So it's not like an eternity trapped to this one person. Also, for at least the first five months of pregnancy, you're still pretty mobile. You're not like locked in a hospital bed trapped with a bunch of wires like an avatar. Like it's not like that. You're you can kind of just move around and still do stuff. Like, my mom was still working until she was, like, seven months pregnant with me. But she's a bit crazy. <laughs> I'm joking. Love you, Mom. Anyway, so the idea here is that the biggest premise of being stuck in that hospital bed with all the wires is pretty much moot. Also, like, you, there are not a bunch of protruding wires out of your body. It's just, like, you become more fat as the nine months goes on, eventually you, like, kind of want to just lie down and sleep all the time because you, it, you, it takes so much energy to move around with the baby inside. But you're still not, like, it's still so much better than being trapped in some creepy, like, Frankenstein's monster experiment with this person where you're being fused together with a bunch of weird wires. Like, I don't, I don't understand that at all. 
It's so weird. And the final point about this is the analogy they use uses a violinist. Some famous violinist who I assume is still a stranger to you. Like, or at least you don't know each other that well. So it's kind of annoying that you have to, like, like be stuck to this person. And, but if that per in the case of abortion, this person that you're stuck to, even though you they're really not, it's really not anything like that, is your child. So you're telling me you can't like just work with even a year or more of discom of general discomfort to keep your own child alive. If you say no to that, if you if you say no, I won't just live with discomfort for some set period of time to keep my own child alive you're a terrible person like i'm sorry but if you won't do that you're just a horrible person like you have some serious issues and you should probably see a therapist or something it's and in the case of actual pregnancy it's not some weird arbitrary period of time that we don't even know and could be years it's just nine months maximum Actually, real final point about this argument, I don't understand. Why is it a violinist? They could have picked anything, and they pick a violinist. Like, this is how you know a feminist came up with this argument. Who, who, a famous violinist. I can't name one violinist up top of my, off the top of my head that's, like, worldwide famous. One of my friend's friends is a violinist. Like, a friend of my friend is a violinist. And she's, like, pretty famous in her state, I think, as, like, a youth violinist. But that's the extent I know about being fa about any famous violinists. Who follows famous violinists? I mean, if you do, that's cool. Go with that. Like, that's... I'm sure it's a cool thing. It's just, like, I never... Like, don't think most people can name many famous violinists that they would know or know of. So it's just a really weird thing to pick in the argument. Anyway, final argument for the day. This one doesn't really have a name. It's another one of those social, not social dilemma, moral dilemma things. So uh, it's basically like, how does it go again? Ah, okay, here we go. So you're a firefighter and there's a big fire in this genetics warehouse, which happens to be right next to a pre-K. It's already starting to sound so normal and realistic. And totally, this would happen in real life. Anyway, in this hypothetical genetics lab, or like IVF facility, next to a preschool, there a large fire breaks out, and both buildings are ablaze. You can only save one from each of the buildings. Well, not like one for each of the buildings. You can only save one person or one... Yeah, you can only save one thing. Let's put it that way. So in the pre-K, there is a screaming five-year-old toddler crying for your help as the fire consumes them. And in the IVF building, there's a group of fertilized embryos, which will also be destroyed and killed in the fire if you do not save them. Who do you save? And then every pro-choicer is like, ha-ha, you dumb pro-lifers, we've got you with this argument. 
Because if you pick the embryos, then you let a five-year-old child die, which means you're a sicko and evil. But if you pick the five-year-old child, then that means your argument about embryos being alive is untrue because you didn't save the 1,000 embryos in the IVF clinic versus the one kid. So it's basically a gotcha either way. But there's also a very easy way to get out of the gotcha and gotcha them back. The perfect typical Uno reverse card. Listen to what I say now. If someone tells you this analogy, and what you have to tell them back is, okay, picture this. The same scenario, but in a much more likely version... Two pre-Ks next to each other. Actually, is that even more likely? Because they would be competitive pre-Ks. I might even be less likely, honestly. Anyway, two pre-Ks next to each other. Or two buildings next to each other with, like, children. A pre-K and a school. That's actually incredibly likely. And makes more sense to the argument. In the school, there's a 12-year-old child. In the pre-K, there's a 5-year-old child. Which one do you save? Exactly. That's the idea. You just don't know. Because it's a stupid question. Obviously, saving one of the people does not make the other one less valuable. Why on earth would saving the 5-year-old make the 12-year-old less valuable, or vice versa? In the same way, saving the 5-year-old does not make the embryos less valuable, and saving the embryos does not make the 5-year-old less valuable. It's just a gut decision based on instinct. It could also be based on the person. For example, if my sister were caught in one of the fires, and the other fire was Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, and Stacey Abrams, I would save my sister and let them all burn. I'm joking now. But I would save my sister over some random politicians. Point being, in this scenario, who you choose to save does not give them more value over the person that you did not choose to save. It just happens to be that choice that you made. Now, you can argue whether that's a right or wrong choice, but that's not what we're trying to prove here as pro-lifers. We're just saying that abortion is wrong because you're murdering someone. Again, another moral dilemma that's really dumb. And they will most likely come out with a lot more of these when they pull more weird random scenarios out of a hat somewhere and then come up with some other dumb, ridiculous moral dilemma thing that doesn't make any sense and I'll have to debunk it again. Anyway, that's it for our episode today, folks. Thanks for watching or listening. It was fun to debunk all these pro-abortion arguments. I do love debating. I would love to debate in real life, but unfortunately I am not that famous and can't really get debates with high-ranking people <sighs> sometime soon, maybe. Still continuing the Ben Shapiro Please Hire Me campaign. That's on Twitter. So if anyone would like to uh, follow me, please do. Follow me on Twitter at WeNeedTLC. And you can uh, contact me at Gmail at WeNeedTLC at gmail.com. That's WeNeedTLC at gmail.com, all lowercase. Remember, guys, we got to vote pro-life today and save those babies. <laughs> anyway, I'll see you guys next time. Until then, TLC, out.